0: Welcome into another episode of the three fever point after podcast. The hour long edition of Friday football fever has come and gone for this year, but we still have football to play in Louisiana, which means we still have a show by we, of course, I mean my co-host and I, Naconda central offensive coordinator, Jeff Harper, or should I say Friday football fever co-host Jeff Harper coach got his first real taste of the fever last Friday night. That's where we'll start. Uh, What did you think of the, uh, the, the big show?
1: Man, you guys do a great job. It's a, it's, it's definitely uh, different when it's live. Um, and the fact that you're in the studio and you got, you know, you kind of, everybody sits there and watches the news and figure, you know, what's what would it be like to have to read the teleprompter and all this kind of stuff and somebody in your ear? It was just a cool experience. I I enjoyed every minute of it.
0: Well, we definitely have to have you back. We've gotten rave reviews. Uh, Everyone's enjoyed hearing what Coach Harbour had to say on the show, and I certainly enjoyed having somebody there with me. It makes it a little more fun, and we kind of ran out of time at the end, but look, we'll clean that up as we go along. We'll we'll have some – that was our first rep, so – Plenty of reps still to come there. Uh, Coach, uh, the reason I wanted you to do a show this week is because we have some games to play, three state championship games that involve uh, ArcLitex area teams uh, starting this Thursday when Haynesville takes on Oak Grove. Uh, y- you know, you were sitting there with me uh, Friday night when we talked about that Haynesville game, we watched the highlights. I mean, they really went down to Logan's and just took care of business.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've even gotten some reports just from people that were there uh, that that Hainesville just showed up and, and, you know, played a really good game. And it was, uh, it was intense. And, and, you know, you have two really uh, strong football, you know, programs going against each other that have a history, Uh, you know, it goes back to uh, that, that, that great uh, state championship game in 2016. And so, um, you know, from from every, everything that I've heard, uh, Hainesville just, uh, you know, played a really good game and they, they scored offensively, offensively. And, um, and then they turn around and they get a uh, a turnover. So, um, you know, they block a punt and get a turnover. And so they, they had a uh, they had that night that everybody wants is just a complete ball game.
0: And something else we kind of talked about a little Friday is Coach Franklin and uh, Daniel, when he got back uh, later on that evening, I was still posting some web stuff. And um, he sat down and was like, man, I got to show you this video. And, and and it's just we're seeing a different side of, of head coach David Franklin there for the tours. Uh, he a little more outspoken side. He was even kind of getting on some people uh, that were that were chirping him a little bit out there and reminding them, you know, we've been doing this for a 100 something years, blah, blah, blah. You don't really see that side of Coach Franklin. But to me, it seems like he's identified that this is a different era of, of football player that he's coaching and he's kind of changed things up a little bit. I don't know, maybe if you've noticed that at all.
1: Well, I mean, we were at the uh, Southern Arkansas uh, bowl game um, last weekend. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the guys that's, that, that's on the Southern Arkansas uh, roster with, with my son, um, you know, I was sitting there talking to the dad and just said, Hey, uh, you know, what happened in the ball game? And, and the things that he told me make sense of why coach Franklin was, uh you know a little different when it comes to um you know his responses and things and it was a very heated environment and right I think that uh, Hainesville's kind of been disrespected by the programs and um you know he's right they've been doing it a long time they're one of the best programs in the state in all classifications when it comes to just historic uh you know uh wins and in, in state championships and all that kind of stuff and so um you know I, I know that uh he, if Coach Franklin has something to say, people need to stop and listen. And there's a reason that he's saying it. And so, um, but this this uh, this state championship game that they have this week is is a big one. I know that they want it.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. I did want to clear one thing up. Um, I've obviously seen all the comments on our Facebook page uh, from fans that were at the game. We we'd understand that there was some rough stuff there at the end, and we did have video of it. Uh, we just felt, and we talked about it that night, we felt that we would maybe take away a bit from Haynesville's moment if we focused heavily on what we saw at the end. And it was look, it was a non-factor at the end of, of things. Uh, Coach McGee knows how to handle that kind of stuff, and, and, and I know he will handle it appropriately. And um, the most important story that night was, was Haynesville's win, and that's what we wanted to to showcase um, but now the story flips they're taking on Oak Grove back in the Superdome for the first time since 2016 I don't know if you've gotten to see any of Oak Grove I mean I, I do know that they're always a force to be reckoned with
1: yeah I mean I got to watch them last year in the dome and they were really good and I've seen film of them this year uh, you know they're big, big they're fast they're Oak Grove I mean uh, you know they have uh, the 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 skill guys and big you know up front on both sides of the ball they can run it They run it well and oh by the way um you know the jackson bradley kid who plays quarterback is really good and so um you know they can throw it too they're 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 a very uh you know uh balanced team when it comes to uh you know oak grove and people traditionally just see them as a line up in the eye and pound the rock but uh they 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 can do that and they can you know spread you out and throw it around a little bit and so um you know this this is uh this is gonna be a big game um and both teams are familiar with each other and so uh you, you're gonna have uh, that aspect as well i mean there's familiarity between both programs and they played before uh and so that you, you throw all that out doesn't matter uh at this point now it comes down to what happens for the next four quarters between the white lines under, under the big lights in the last game of the season at the superdome which everybody dreams of playing in that game and so uh, it's, I'm going to be there. I, I, you know, I, I, either I'm going to be there in person or I'm going to be there watching it in, in FHS. One of the two, <laughs> uh, cause that, that's going to be, that's going to be an incredible game.
0: Yeah. Uh, Daniel is going to head down there. He's heading down there, um, on Wednesday. Um, so he'll catch up with Tor- with the tornado and, um, and our other teams that brings us to the next game. We'll see. We'll have to wait until Saturday to get another article game. It's Calvary, um, taking on St. Charles Catholic. The Cavs, you know, I feel like we've had this conversation about them all year, particularly at the beginning when they had that tough schedule. It seemed like regardless of what team they were facing, the, that, what was going on in the game, the momentum swings, whatever, they just don't seem phased by anything. I mean, you look at that Newman game. You were there. You know, you have that one-handed catch in the end zone. Uh, Newman's answering Calvary every time. But, again, it just the Cavs unrattled. And as the game progressed, they were the better team in the second half, something that's always been a concern with the Cavs, not this year.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's just a testament to their coaching. I mean, you know, Coach Gewin and his guys, they, they really do a good job of preparing the uh, the the boys for what they're going to see week in and week out, and then they challenge them. I mean, they, they, they don't duck competition. They're going to play, um, you know, whoever wants to play them the best of the best. And so that's why you see the out-of-district the out schedule uh, that Coach Gewin puts out every year, it's uh, it's loaded and and it's twofold. Number one, it prepares your guys. It shows where you're deficient, things that you need to improve upon. Um, you know, it gives you a challenge so that you know you're playing the best competition that you could get on your schedule. Plus, it helps you with your your potential uh, playoff you know seating and power rating and all that stuff. And so you get to this point right now you you have two battle-tested ball clubs that have played um you know top competition and you're talking about number one and number two in the state respectively all year both undefeated both are really good on both sides of the ball Uh, i've seen calvary you know in person uh and and then i've watched some film you know quite a bit of film of uh of saint charles um you know just getting to see what they do And, and i got to see them in the dome last year man they're they're really really good they're um they're going to throw a bunch of different coverages at at calvary and they're going to do everything they can to take away the pass game and um you know i think that may be a you know a mistake thinking that they can just you know have a light box and not and and still be able to stop the run i I don't believe that that's going to be as easy as anybody um you know could could think down there at say charles because you've got you've got you know the simon uh the the simon brothers big big simon back there and he could tote the rock and then you throw in the uh, you know the other back in Julius uh, Moss, and, and you you've got a two-headed monster you got to deal with, and so um, th- th- this the the matchup and the game plan is going to be interesting to see how it, it plays out because you know Calvary on defense is is really really good. They're sound. They play um, they they play their gaps. They they do everything that uh, uh, Mark Miller the defensive coordinator wants to do, and, and they tackle well. They're great in the secondary. They're very athletic, fast. You're not really going to catch them or outflank them sideline to sideline. Um, I mean, they match you when it comes to skill in the secondary. They're big up front, so you know they're not really overpowered by uh, big offensive lines. Um, and then they have the ability to throw a lot of different looks at you. And, and St. Charles is going to do the same thing. And so uh, the one thing that St. Charles does really well is they can get in spread looks, and then they can go under center, and they can go tight end wing, then they can go I, then they can go three back, then they can motion out of that into an empty set or start an empty and 11 personnel look and then shift into a tight end wing or offset eye and and then run power at you run counter at you um and then play action those and boot those and so they throw a lot at you offensively and then just flip the coin and on defense they throw a lot of different coverages and pressures and uh you know some of the cut-ups i was watching today you know the teams that got an empty when they were on a hash they brought they brought corner corner blitz is off the edge and the corner, the quarterbacks usually never saw it. Um, so they're very good at disguising coverage and rotating in and out of looks. And uh, they don't really give you the same look every single time. And so uh, they're so well coached and they've been in these big moments. Um, you know, it is going to be a fantastic matchup. And I think that Calvary is the best team that they've seen um, all year. I think they are the most complete ball club they played all year. They, they, you know, beat you loud to get to this point. And ULab is really, really good, but ULab does not throw the football uh, the way that Calvary does. And so, um, you know, all three phases of the game, both teams are great, and it is going to be – that is going to be a really, really good game, a really fun matchup.
0: And what a bracket uh, that is that Calvary's been fighting. And I mean, I feel like every – really every week I, they have that first-round bye, but I feel like they've been – tested at least significantly uh, week in and week out this game though I mean look we're going to talk about Rustin Zachary in just a minute but you're talking about pure matchups I think this is uh, among the best we'll see uh, down in New Orleans this week
1: I do I I, I would agree and I would say that uh, and this is just me it's my bias so you know I take it or leave it I I don't really care what anybody thinks on this but (laughs) I've said it from the very beginning I think Calvary can beat anybody in any classification I felt that way last year about Manny Uh, And I I said it over and over and over again, and people are like, you're crazy. And then they watched what Manny did under the big lights in the dome last year. And everybody's like, well, they may be the best team in all classifications. Well, Calvary is is that type of team this year. They have that type of talent. And so, you know, it's going to come down to execution. It's going to come down to, uh, you know, the little things, the details, and then the kids staying within themselves and not – the moment not being too big for them. I mean, St. Charles has been there, done that. They they've won state championships, so uh, you know they they won it last year. I mean, they're really good. So it's gonna be um, it's it, that that game right there is the one I'm looking forward to the most this weekend.
0: Yep, yeah, same here. And uh, that takes us to Rustin and Zachary. The nightcap, obviously, another game uh, of two teams that have been so good in recent years. Rustin making their second trip back uh, in a row down there. Uh, We we watched the highlights on Friday um, against Mandeville and a different kind of semifinal game. They're kind of playing a Cinderella team there, but man, they left little doubt in that game and they've really left little doubt all year. Uh, This is exactly where Rustin belongs.
1: Yeah, I got to watch them last year in the state championship game and, and they fought,
0: they fought back. They never
1: once rolled over and died against Destrehan and had a chance uh, in the fourth quarter to 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 win that game, and so it was so close last year. You heard me say it when we've talked about Rust, and I've said it at least once this year that uh, that they were they were you know they they had it it was right there in their grasp, and uh, and and Destrahan, you know pulled it out. I, I think that when they get down there, they've they've been in this big environment. Yes, I understand it's a, it's a new QB. You know he's still. It looks like ice water in the veins, like a seasoned veteran out there a lot of times. And they're so good on defense and they can run the ball. Two things that you've heard me say week in and week out, run game and defense travel. And it doesn't matter where you're playing. If you can run the football and you can play sound defense, you can be in any ball game. And so, um, you know, uh, th- they've got uh, Zachary right there, you know, um, squared up. This is what they want. They've been building for it. I think Zachary is, is playing good ball. They were way behind in their uh, in their game against Dust Town. I think they were down three scores at one right. point, maybe maybe uh, t- two touchdowns and a in a in a field goal. I'm not sure, but uh, that 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 you know having to come back and play it the next day helped. Right. It helped uh, Zach. And they're well coached. They're well coached, and so they pulled that thing out and 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 they punched their ticket. But here's the deal: uh, Rustin's a different animal than what they're used to. Rustin is big, physical, runs the ball, dominant run game, unbelievable play action, athletes all over the field you know, uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Zachary. They're incredible. Coach Brewerton does a wonderful job, uh, and they're very, very good this year. And so that's going to be a great 5A matchup. I mean, it's going to be a really good one. You know, I I, I would – to me, it, you know, I think this is Rustin's year. I just – I do. I, I thought last year they were so close, and then they've been just dominant all year. And I think that that, that, that continues, uh, you know, this weekend.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and honestly, I'm feeling pretty good about all three of these teams. Um, g- going off of what we saw Haynesville do on Friday, know uh, we, what we know about Calvary and Rustin, um, I think we could see a you know a little three-game sweep here locally. There's always a curveball in the dome. Uh, I think we you know, I, I think this week or last week that curveball was North DeSoto falling to Opelousas. Um I, I did want to mention them briefly. Um, just an incredible season, incredible two years from the Griffins and. Again, as we discussed Friday night, uh, this era of success is far from over down there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was listening to Coach Dunn's interview on on Fletch, and uh, you know, he said they were like sixteen and 0 at the middle school level, and eight and and0 with their their freshman right. JV. It's like, okay, man, <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> you
1: know, people want to try to say, yeah, well, they're, they're done. Nah, no. no, they're not done. And you got you have you know, arguably uh, one of the best high school coaches that's ever coached uh, football in our state um, running that program. And so the buy-in is there, the kids are, uh, you know, 100% fired up and all in on, on the way they're going to play football. And here's, here's one more thing that I would say just about the North Dakota, um, you know, loss Friday night, they, they had their chances and they had those two fumbles, um, and they still fought back and, and, and they nearly, you know, recovered an onside kick. What does that say about those kids' belief that they can win? I mean, they have bought in, they believe, they trust, um, they know that what they're doing works, and all they have to do is just execute. And so, uh, you know, congratulations to North Dakota on an incredible year. Two-year run has been fantastic, and I, I, I think it continues. And congratulations to Opelousas because no one gave them a shot nope. uh, to win, uh, you know, Stonewall and knock off um, you know the the runner up last year, uh, so you know that that is a, it's another storyline. I don't think people really paying attention to is how good Opelousas is. And I spent a lot of time last week lining out what they do, they do. and um, they execute. They 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 know what they're good at, and they don't deviate from it. And uh, they will force turnovers, and they will they will back you up, and then they're going to take the ball and they're going to pound it, they're going to chew the clock, and they're going to score. And so um, you know they they've got a tough task. Uh, you know, uh, this weekend in the Dome too, but uh, take nothing away from what they've accomplished. And, and you know, anybody that thinks that North Dakota is done, they're crazy. They're not, they're, they're gonna be right back in the mix next year.
0: All right, so we are obviously going a little shorter because we don't have the, nearly the amount of games as we normally do, so I'll ask you some not high school questions. Um, first, Florida State, what do you think? Oh man, why did you ask me this? Uh, I mean, everyone's talking about it.
1: All right, so let me give you this. Let me give you this answer, and then I'm gonna let you give us your um, sports director answer, okay? Because you're you're the you're the one that's paid to have this conversation. (laughs) Here's the problem with college football. Um, It's it's driven by TV revenue, and it's driven by uh, you know what the networks want. And so, if you're asking my opinion, did they get it right? Uh, No, they didn't. And here's the reason why I don't think they got it right. If you want the four best teams. You can't tell me that they got the four best teams in the country in that ball game. Uh, You know, Ohio State was uh, driving, and I think they had a pick uh, in the big house when you know when they were playing rivalry week against Michigan. So um, you know they lost by six on the road. Um, You know, Ohio State is really good, and they they have an argument for it. I get it. If you're asking about the four best teams, here's here's the argument. Uh, I don't know if you got the four best teams. Do you have the foremost deserving? I don't know if you have the foremost deserving because <laughs> yeah. you have a Big Twelve champion in there. That, no offense to Texas fans, I mean, you know, look, my mom is from Texas. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting in all that, but they don't play anybody. The right. Big Twelve doesn't play anybody. I mean, right. they're, they're. So you have you have an undefeated Florida State team that's ACC. Well, they lost their quarterback. that's not their fault. <laughs> That's football. Yep. Right? I mean, they they held Louisville multiple times in the fourth quarter to seal the deal. Here's the other thing. I don't care if you like the product or not. They're undefeated. Yep. You play the people that are on your schedule. And college football decided to go with what, you know, Vegas odds and and what the TV ratings would be with these four teams. And, you know, yeah, Louisville didn't really help the 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 situation when they couldn't score from the two yard line. Right. I think that has more to do with Florida state, not, you know, if Louisville's any good or not. Yeah. It was a boring game and no points score. I get it. That's football. You ask defensive coaches, they love it. They love the low scoring. <laughs> Just punch in the mouth, make it sloppy. Florida state's defense could keep them in the game against any of the yeah. four teams that are in the playoff. And let me tell you this. I don't have a dog in the fight. Neither. All right. I, I really don't. I don't care to be honest with you. So I'm not sitting here, you know, uh, you know, making noise for Florida State. That's not what I'm doing. I, I really don't care. In fact, I think anybody that wants to take away from uh, what, you know, Georgia's accomplished the last two years and leaving them out because they wow. lost to Alabama is crazy. I, I mean, breathe. a 29-game winning streak. Yeah. And they were still in that thing. I mean, you know, God forbid that you have one game go wrong and you're left out. That's why the whole thing needs to be blown up. Yep. And they need to start over it's terrible college football especially division one cannot get it right nope. division two has it right fcs has it right nai has it right yep. d3 has it right i mean come on d1 football you can't figure it out i know it's it, it please tell me we're not driven by the bowls the bowls stink the majority of the bowl games stink they're terrible Except to the independent watch but the, you know, I mean, I'm never going to, I'm never going to speak against the Independence Bowl. It's one of the <laughs> oldest bowls, you know, that's out there. But what I'm saying is there are bowls that stink. And you got teams with more losses than wins. And it's like, it, we can't be driven by the bowls. It's got to, it's got to come down to do we really want to find out who the best of the best are? Well, you got to put a real playoff. And, and and here's the thing you and I are going to have this conversation next year. Uh, we're going to be fighting over who should be number 12. I I know. Have, I know. <laughs> You know, and people are like, "Well, I mean, LSU's on the outside. I, I don't, this has nothing to do with LSU. LSU could take care of business and not lose to Ole Miss, and right. and and handle handle their business against Alabama. Or and they could have ended all this at the, the beginning
0: of the year and beat Florida State. That I mean, that could have changed exactly. everything. Yeah. I mean,
1: look, Florida State got hosed. Right. There's there's no doubt. Georgia, I'm sorry, this is what happens when you're the defending national champions and you haven't lost a game in 29 straight games. Yep. When you lose the last one." that's the last thing people are going to you know think of you and it's what have you done for me lately right and i hate that yep. i absolutely hate it cuz if it was the the roles reversed alabama's lost some 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 games and got right back in the playoffs and won national championships. Yes, they have. it wasn't a a a champion of their division so you know it's a mess it's yep. an absolute mess i hate it for florida state i hate it for ohio state you know i hate it for georgia um but you i mean i i'm just and, and look, Texas did what they had to do. I mean, you know, they, they yeah. did what they had to do. They won their championship. So you have con- you have conference champions, but you left the ACC, undefeated ACC champion out. Oh, by the way, uh, Clemson won a national title with, uh, under Dabo just a few years ago, and they are an ACC team. When was the last time a Big 12 team won a national title? Right,
0: right. I mean, and- I really don't know. That's
1: why I'm asking. It's a genuine question. I mean, You're it had to have been
0: conference. Vince Young, right? Vince Young in Texas. Yeah. That had to be it, yeah. I- I,
1: I would assume,
0: yeah. you know, TCU was in that thing last year, but. And we saw how that go. That went.
1: Yeah, that didn't go well. So, no. you know, that, that's the long answer, but at the end of the day, I, I just, I hate it. I hate the format in general. I just, well, I hate it. It's you terrible. might
0: be surprised from my sports director answer because I completely agree with you. And honestly, as I, I, taking me out of my profession and as just a fan, I mean, this is the reason why I just can't get into college football like I do the NFL or like I do the NHL, because like you said, it's it's subjective. Like we're deciding who the champion is based on some dudes in a room who decide who they want in based on a lot of other factors besides what we're seeing on the field. Um, and yeah. I think to borrow a phrase from from a podcast that's a little more successful than ours, pardon my take, uh, they, they said this today, uh, two things can be true at once. Florida State can get hosed while also we can admit that they probably wouldn't fare well without their quarterback. And I agree Agreed. with that. But that's not sports. Like you said, that's just not the way it works. Like the jets don't just cancel their schedule because Aaron Rodgers got hurt on the first drive. I mean, that's just not the way it goes. Um, So yeah, I, I, I I see the argument for another team. That's not Florida state, but then like you said, I don't think it's just for sure. Bama because. Well, here's the other, here's the flip side of that. So we don't do that in the NFL. Right.
1: Brock Purdy came out of nowhere. Right. Right. Uh, Tom Brady took over. For one, Drew Bledsoe, yeah. and the rest is history. And we don't allow for those storylines in the NFL. And now coaches get fired mm-hmm. in the NFL if their starting quarterback goes down and they can't win. And so it, college football now wants to just kind of rewrite Like, what's all about storylines. No, it's about ratings. At the end of the day, it's what it's about. And yeah. they, they've got advertising. they got ratings. At the end of the day, until they get a full-blown playoff, um, and I would say more than 12 teams. That's just where I'm at. Well, these teams are ter- At the end of the day, NIL, transfer portal, all that kind of jump, give it a four-year window, and you're going to see more parity. You're going to see teams come out of nowhere yep. that people would never give a chance to. And yes. so I would rather let teams prove it between the white lines and the reason there are it's called competition and leave the human element out as much as we can. But I get it. And I'm, I'm one of those people. So I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm saying it to myself. I want to watch the best possible product there is. Yep. And that's what ultimately, you know, the people that made the decision, they think this is going to be the best matchups. And, you know, it is what it is. I, I hate the way it's working out, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's the reason I don't, I just can't like fully dive into college football as a fan. Because, I mean, what if you're a, what are you even cheering for? Like, if you're Florida State, you haven't been upset all year. If you're a Florida State fan, your quarterback is certain, yeah, but you won every game, and then you don't yep. get a chance. I just, I, as a fan, I can't wrap my head around that, um, not ha- not even having an opportunity to play for a national title after going undefeated. And, yeah, look, I'm, I'm with you with Georgia and Ohio State, too. I mean, just because they lost recently close games, I might add, uh, does that mean that – Somehow, Bama's loss is better because it was, late, it was later in the I, I, don't, know. It's a, it's I a, don't know. It's a tough one to solve, one that we're never going to, but 12 teams, at least it'll be a little better. I mean, we can at least say, like, this won't happen again, but then the argument yeah. then goes down to 12, 13, 14, and that'll be a debate for another time. Coach, we got to just about 30 minutes. So I think we did well with only three high school games to talk about, and I love the, uh, love the uh, passionate college football talk. Um, anything else you gotta add before we sign off here?
1: One more state championship game that we wouldn't be paying attention to is Union Union Parish St. James. Oh yeah. Uh, Coach Spatafora. He's going he's this is trip number four in a row. Um and he's been so close. I'm hoping that they pull it out this year. His son's on our staff. Um he's he coaches quarterbacks and running backs for us. And so um that's another, you know, North Louisiana team that's that's in the dome, uh, the fighting farmers of there we Union go. Parish. So Pulling for those guys uh, this weekend.
0: Yeah, I know our buddies over at KNOE, Aaron Dietrich, and the crew will have that covered greatly if, you're, uh, if you are interested in watching that game. Um, they are some of the best to do it in the entire state, so give them a uh, check. Check them out if you're looking for heights of that game. You won't find better ones anywhere else. All right, that does it for us here, Coach Harper. Thank you as always. We'll be back next week to uh, talk about, hopefully, we'll have some state champion coaches uh, on the show to talk about their big win Saturday. I think we have uh, at least a chance to get one. I assume you agree. Yes, sir. All right, Coach. Well, we'll see you next week, and we'll see you guys next week here on the Three Fever Point After podcast. Thanks for checking us out this week. We have Haynesville on Thursday, Calvary and Ruston on Saturday. We'll have the highlights on KTBS.